The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome back inside the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Hard to believe this is the 10th episode of the podcast. I'll have to make sure I blow out all the candles on that cake. I am once again the namesake. Happy to have you with us today. Let's hit some big news right off the top of the show this week. Parkersburg High School's Brenton Strange has verbally committed to Penn State University to play football next season. Penn State was one of eight finalists in the running for the honor. Brenton was reportedly with head coach Mike Bias in Happy Valley last weekend as Penn State took on Ohio State. The game didn't turn out Penn State's way, but they landed Brenton Strange, and that's a recruit that Urban Meyer wanted as well. So it's interesting that even though Penn State lost that battle with Ohio State, they might have won the overall war because they're getting a pretty good football player in Brenton Strange, and by all accounts, a very good young man. So Brenton Strange, the recruitment for right now is over. Of course, with a verbal commitment, you could always make your decision, and circumstances may change. Who knows? But as of right now, Brenton Strange of Parkersburg has verbaled to Penn State University for next season. A couple of injuries we wanted to report on from last week's games. We'll get to these games in just a few moments. Anthony Wentz left the St. Mary's Williamstown game with a back injury. He was hit in the back going for a pass in the end zone late in Friday's game. He was left on a backboard for precautionary measures, checked out okay Friday, and then checked out earlier this week a second time and has been cleared to play. So he is clear to play this week from what we're hearing. And also Trey Moss of Ritchie County left the Rebels win against Ravenswood with a dislocated knee. He actually dislocated the kneecap. They're still checking to see if there's ligament damage. I've heard nothing more on that as of yet. We'll pass that along when we do hear something. If there is ligament damage, that will likely require surgery. If there's not ligament damage, there's a chance will play later this year. But again, Ritchie County defeated Ravenswood with an impressive boom we'll talk about here in a little bit. But some injury news marred that somewhat for the Rebels. Let's take a look at some impressions from last week. Williamstown was strong as expected in their win over St. Mary's. They really got out of hand fast. It was a 48-14 win over St. Mary's. St. Mary's led that game 7-6 before Williamstown reeled off 42 points. St. Mary's did score late in the game, but by then the damage was done. Williamstown built that lead on a key sequence at the end of the second quarter, early in the third quarter. They scored before the end of the half, went into the locker room, got the ball back at the beginning of the third quarter, scored there, and then a pick six at a block punt set them up for yet another score. So things got out of hand in a hurry for Williamstown as they go to 5-1 and one after their win against St. Mary's. Breaks a five-game regular season winning streak that St. Mary's had against Williamstown. Williamstown won despite some uncharacteristic early mistakes. A lot of penalties in the first half. You don't often see that out of a Terry Smith team. St. Mary's struggles to run the football, though, and they got no push up front all night long. One-dimensional on offense in the first half. That allowed them to move the ball up and down the field, but there's no better team in the area. There's no better coaching staff in the area than the Williamstown Yellow Jackets at making halftime adjustments. They stopped committing the penalties, and they made some fixes that resulted in St. Mary's not being effective throwing the football anymore. So those were the catalysts as Williamstown pulls away with a 48-14 win over St. Mary's. Boy, how about Parkersburg High School winning an absolutely wild game against Wheeling Park? 57-51. No, that's a football score. Parkersburg led most of that game before Wheeling Park took the lead with about a minute to play. And then PHS ran a hook and lateral play to get a touchdown in the final moments. And they won 57-51. I saw the video of this on the internet. I can't remember if it was Twitter, if it was YouTube. I'm sure it's out there if you look hard enough. But if you're a football fan in the area and you haven't seen the video, I recommend it. It's pretty cool. 
But to have a crazy play like that at the end, that hook and lateral, that's why you practice those. Every team has one or two of those plays that they can run in case they need a score or something different really fast. But that's why you practice that, and it worked for PHS. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But if you're Parkersburg, you've got to improve that defense. And it's a good Wheeling Park team, don't get me wrong. But 51 points, you're not often going to win games where you allow 51 points. On the flip side of that, if you're Wheeling Park, you don't expect to score 51 and lose. That has to be a disappointment in and of itself. It's interesting because people are going to use Wheeling Park as a transitive property kind of team. And what I mean by that is people are going to compare Parkersburg's performance against Wheeling Park to Parkersburg South's performance against Wheeling Park because Parkersburg South will play Wheeling Park later this year. And that's not exactly fair because say Parkersburg South loses to Wheeling Park or say they win but without scoring as much as PHS, that doesn't mean that one is better than the other. I think in particular it would show you how matchups can affect one team's performance versus another against a third team's performance versus that same team. For instance, I don't think Parkersburg South is as well equipped as Parkersburg if the game gets to a shootout like what happened here in this one where it was just back and forth all night long. PHS has a lot of skill talent. They're blossoming at the right time. And not that Parkersburg South doesn't have skill talent, but I feel like PHS has the more explosive talent. And maybe this is a cliche because if you look back at South's win against John Marshall, three of their five touchdowns were scored on plays of 40 yards or more. But I just have the feeling that Parkersburg South is the less explosive team when you're comparing them to PHS. Doesn't mean they're the better team, though. Doesn't mean the PHS is the better team. They just happen to beat Wheeling Park. I think overall, from a team standpoint, maybe Parkersburg South is the better team. We'll see it bear out in week 11 on the field, but I think this is going to be a really difficult one to compare who's better than who if you're looking at how they both play Wheeling Park, just because I think Wheeling Park and PHS, those two teams are better suited for a shootout than South and Wheeling Park, but we'll leave it on the football field and let that to be seen. But again, for Parkersburg High School, the defense has to get better. 51 points allowed is not going to win many weeks. And to be honest, Tyler Consolidated had the same kind of thing happen to them. They won 49-42 over Webster County. You can't really expect to give up 42 points and win too many football games. Though Tyler Consolidated has a potent offense. Nice to see the Silver Knights get back to above 500 at 3-2 to finish their first half. But with less than or about 25 players, if you're Tyler Consolidated, you really have to stay at a shootout. Those games are not going to befit you. You're probably not going to win many of those. How about an impressive bounce? back win for Ritchie County after their worst loss of the season last week. They defeat Ravenswood 32-14, and in doing so, they hand Ravenswood their third straight loss. The Red Devils started 2-0, had a bye week. Things started to get excited, and then absolutely got crushed by Williamstown before falling to Sherman, a team that was in the playoffs last year. They didn't score any touchdowns against Sherman. Uh, the offense bounced back for Ravenswood a little bit this week, but Ritchie County sealed the deal with a 32-14 win. Wasn't all good news for Ritchie County, though the Rebels lost Trey Moss to a knee injury. His status is still to be determined as of the taping of this show. I know it was dislocated. They don't know if there is ligament damage. If there's not ligament damage, then he could be back at some point this season. If there is ligament damage, obviously he's not going to come back this year. And that's a big blow because the Rebels had been winning largely because they could have so many different looks out of the backfield on different backs. And it's not an empty cupboard by any means, but certainly one of the more potent and explosive weapons in Trey Moss is out for the time being. But Ritchie County has a bye week, and if they can get that checked out and there's no damage and things heal up a little bit better, you never know. They may get him back a week from Friday or maybe just missing one or two games. So this isn't the worst time of the year for Ritchie County to have a bye week. 
Magnolia pitches a shutout in a 35-0 win over Monroe Central. Don't look now. The Blue Eagles are 4-2. Pat Morandi threw four touchdowns and Monroe Central 0-6. New head coach there, Jay Sercosta, retired after last year. Things just kind of on a down cycle for Monroe Central. Parkersburg Catholic won their sixth straight, and they'll now host Calhoun County Saturday at 1 o'clock on Fairview Avenue. We'll tell you about that in just a moment. The Crusaders knocked off Valley Wetzel 57-24, guaranteeing Parkersburg Catholic a winning season. Last week, they guaranteed they would not have a losing season, and with six wins coming now, they've guaranteed that they will have a winning season, and they did it by the end of September. That's what impresses me the most. And it's good to see Marietta back in the win column again as the Tigers pitched a shutout of their own 42 nothing over Shenandoah. Congratulations, go out to Jason Chobes, boys. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at last week's poll question. It was a very simple one. I asked you, Williamstown versus St. Mary's, who you got? And if you feel brave enough, why? We had 30 votes in the poll. 77% of those who answered said Williamstown. 23% of those said St. Mary's. And I gotta admit, either of those 23% are diehard fans or extremely diluted because Williamstown is the much better team of the two. And I'm not knocking St. Mary's. They played hard. They played to the final whistle. And they're better than it sounded like they were at the beginning of the season. There's just not enough going on there. And we'll get to St. Mary's in just a few minutes. Williamstown made some uncharacteristic penalties, as I said, early on. They cleaned that up in the second half, and they've just got the superior athletes. Donathan Taylor is the best player on the field on both sides of the ball for Williamstown. Uh, had a big game in just the second and third quarter alone. Didn't play the first quarter because he missed practice last week. He was out with an illness, and so he set out the first quarter, played the second third. They didn't need him for the fourth, and they rolled to victory. St. Mary's just has trouble running the football, and teams can easily make them one-dimensional by taking away the pass routes that they like to run. I was impressed with Brennan Boron, though. For a first-year starter, he's only starting his fifth game at the high school level. He throws a really nice ball and put it into the receivers exactly where they needed to get it, and with a pretty good pass rush from Williamstown coming, uh, that took a lot of pull and a lot of confidence, and I think the young man stepped up and played a good game. And the coaching staff for St. Mary's also did a good job to put him in positions to be successful and to make the kinds of throws that he's comfortable making, but they just did not do enough right to get the victory. And one of the things that I said on the broadcast, because I had to fill in for John Mike Nichols that I did color on that broadcast, I really do think St. Mary's has too big of a playbook right now for what they're accomplishing. They need to simplify things a little bit. They just try to do too much, and that's what they try to do. They try to deceive people just by throwing so many different looks at them. I would rather see them run a few plays well and try to win that way uh, rather than just running a whole lot of things okay and doing just enough with much of that. But apparently the Blue Devils feel that that's their best chance to win, so you can't fault them for that. Uh, either way, Williamstown, one of the top two or three teams in Class A right now. I don't think there's any question about that. I just hope that the matchup with Wheeling Central comes on Wheeling Island rather than in the early rounds of the playoffs just because that's where that game needs to happen. That game needs that stage. Uh, it was the first game of the year in the state, and it needs to be the last game of the year in the state because those are far and away the best teams in Class A. Uh, looking at some of your responses, a few of you are brave enough to answer, and all of you uh, in the affirmative for Williamstown. Brian Darty says Williamstown, of course, to mess with the St. Mary's friends and for Wood County Pride. Craig Dutton says Williamstown should win because they're a well-oiled machine, and they really are. They've done nothing but put up wins since their loss to Wheeling Central, and St. Mary's is still in the midst of a rebuilding season, and that was evident on Friday, Craig. Sean Cole with Ritchie County's coaching staff says Williamstown's ability to run and throw successfully 
Plus, the rebuilding year at St. Mary's makes him think the Jackets by at least 15 points, and that's exactly what happened. Now, because Williamstown can do both. They can throw the ball when they want to throw. They can run the ball, and they did run the ball very well. Even when Donathan Taylor wasn't in the game, Williamstown ran the ball well enough to eventually win. They weren't going to go very far, I think, beyond this week with the running game they put together. But Donathan Taylor vastly improves their ability to run the football, and, and that was evident on Friday. And my old partner, Donald Butcher, says Williamstown has more talented football players and, well, when you have the best player on the field, that's always something that helps you. Definitely uh, does favor Williamstown. And uh, Carter Haynes, let's talk about him. Carter Haynes had a good game for Williamstown, ran the football a lot in the absence of Donovan Taylor in the first quarter of the game. They can trust him to throw. He can win games with his arm and with his legs. I was impressed with the efforts of Eric Brown for Williamstown. I thought he added a dimension to the passing game. Ryan Brown and Eric Brown on defense were solid. Mason Deem was uh, a valuable contributor to the run game in the absence of Taylor and then caught a few balls as well. Nick Bondi, Josh Ingram, Kyle Kitchens, guys that are forces to be reckoned with on defense. Cole Sutton has five interceptions this year and was a couple steps or a couple plays away from having his sixth. So that's a well-rounded Williamstown team and like I said, they're going to go very far and they have a chance to go very far if they can stay healthy so we'll see how that goes so again 77 percent of you in the affirmative you were right i'll have a look at this week's poll question in just a few moments I want to spend a few more minutes to talk about the Parkersburg Catholic turnaround under head coach Lance Benninger. He's in his second year at Parkersburg Catholic. And to be quite honest about it, and not to be mean, Parkersburg Catholic was a bit of a laughingstock last year, and not just because of their on-field performance, because they didn't have the players to play in 10 games. That and the IEI fire canceling one of their games, they, they, they didn't get the game with St. Mary's in because of numbers. There's not really a lot the Catholic can do about that, and it's unfortunate that people looked at them as a laughing stock because that used to be a proud program, and they can't help that they have who they have. It is what it is. It's not like you've got a proven feeder system. Those kids can come and go out of a private school as their parents will them to or as they choose to. So it's not like you have an area where you can grow through a feeder program, say like Parkersburg South might be able to do with Warhawk football and Godby and things like that where they can look at those kids and say, you know what, if those kids stay on this trajectory, they're going to be Parkersburg South Patriots and every other school does with their peewee and feeder programs as well. You know, Parkersburg Catholic just has to kind of rely on people to choose to send their kids to private school. Though it was a small group last year, they were a dedicated group under head coach Lance Benninger. They didn't lose anybody to graduation, so Benninger pretty much knew he had a two-year turnaround on his hands, and that's exactly how they looked at it. They struggled last year, but again, it's the same nucleus of players and a schedule that's a little more favorable this year. It's getting it done for Parkersburg Catholic. South Harrison on that schedule, they're down from where they were. Ritchie County was a competitive game this year for them. Ironically enough, just as they dropped St. Mary's, that's a game where Parkersburg Catholic probably would be favored to win. They had that opener with Peyton City, which was a big night, and they've got Van coming up later in the year. They've got Hannon coming up later in the year as well. The two big games on their schedule remaining are Notre Dame and Williamstown. Those will be the toughest tests for Lance Benninger's group, but they'll have all kinds of confidence and at least six wins going into those games and a good chance to pick up a seventh on Saturday. A lot going on around Parkersburg Catholic. Let's tell you about this. They got a tailgate event Friday at the school in anticipation of that game. The public's invited to attend that, and then Saturday they're actually playing Calhoun County at 1 o'clock at Fairview Avenue. That's a huge deal. They're playing behind their school on what's usually the practice field. It's a regulation-sized field. They're putting in some bleachers and some seats. They've brought in some food trucks, and they're going to make 
make that a community event for their football game against Calhoun County. That is going to be their first true home game in school history. Again, just all credit goes out to the folks there, the kids that bought in. Lance Bittinger and his staff are never failing to believe because they have a nice weight facility, maybe one of the nicer weight facilities in the area, and it's right next to the school. So to be able to get dressed on site, to walk out past their facilities onto their football field on their school property, that's going to be kind of a cool feeling for those kids in Parkersburg Catholic to have that true home game on Saturday. A lot of credit goes to Lance Benninger for what he and his staff has done at Parkersburg Catholic. Benninger says the biggest satisfaction he gets from the turnaround is seeing the smiles on his players' faces that weren't there a year ago. They're amped up. You go 0-8 and have to forfeit some games, and you take the lumps that we took, and seeing the faces, how excited they are now to come to practice, and they're amped up and ready to go at all times. And, you know, they walk around with a sense of pride, and that makes me very prideful, you know, to watch them be so proud, and that's a good thing. You can hear my full conversation with Lance Benninger on Countdown to Kickoff on our stations this weekend, but one of the other things that I want wanted to take a look at the Benninger had to say was a comment about how people thought the Parkersburg Catholic maybe shouldn't have football after the way last season went. Because they're playing with purpose because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I'm not going to, it's going to sound kind of petty, you know, wrote us off last year that we shouldn't even have football. Why do you have football? And you shouldn't be out here and well, and now, heck, we're 6-0 and and ranked 6th in the state. I don't hear anybody saying that now, so that makes me feel good. I actually went back and looked through all my Metro news pieces from last year, and I don't remember saying anything like that. I did comment on Parkersburg Catholic's cancellation with St. Mary's, and I didn't really put any of the blame on Parkersburg Catholic. I just laid the situation out for what it was. But I will admit to the fact that on Countdown to Kickoff last year, a few times, I openly questioned whether or not it was something that they should continue to do at Parkersburg Catholic High School, and that wasn't a criticism on the program. I think maybe in some circles they're taking that as a criticism of Lance Benninger's program. That's not at all what it was. All it was was a commentary on how maybe the interests of the student body at Parkersburg Catholic High School have changed. Apparently they've not and they've got enough kids to come out and play. That's uh, from my perspective all I was saying on that. I'm not saying that Lance Benninger is necessarily calling me out for anything that I said or didn't say, but I wanted to clear that up before that runs on the interview. That is my side of the story. I did question whether or not football needed to continue there because, again, they had 11 players. And at that point, you're putting people in positions that they don't need to be in, and you're risking injury just to field a team. That's not safe for anybody involved, and that's not in anybody's best interest, and I think Parkersburg Catholic knew that. That's why they were willing to cancel that game with St. Mary's. Unfortunately, the IEI fire cost them another game with Williamstown. But from my perspective, all I ever said was that at least maybe they should consider whether or not it was something that the student body of Parkersburg Catholic still wanted to do. If it was, as it as we see that it is, fine, that's great. Couldn't be happier for them that they're sixth in the state, as Coach Benninger points out. But if it was not, then that needed to be something that they looked at at Parkersburg Catholic High School. That's a school-by-school decision, and I think you really have to make your extracurricular activities reflective of what your student body wants to do, and if only 12 or 13 of those people want to come out and play football, then I think you maybe need to consider whether or not that's an activity worth pursuing, and I think that was a fair criticism at the time, and I stand by it. There may have been other people that delivered messages in a fashion that was not as nice as that, in a fashion that was not as open and accepting as that, and I can't really speak for that because, you know, he heard what he heard. It's interesting that they've taken that sentiment and used that as motivation for this season, and it's certainly glad to see that they've taken some of that motivation, some of that talk, and fueled that into positive energy. But at some point, you have to act like a favorite if you want to act like a favorite, or act like the underdog if you're going to act like the underdog. And I think we're getting close to that point with Parkersburg Catholic. What are they going to be? Are they going to be the underdog, or are they going to come in and carry themselves like a 6-0 football team can and should? I don't like Lance Benninger. It's not a personal thing, but they're very quickly getting to that point of where they have to transition out of either look at where we were and look
look at where we are to now going into these games thinking they have as much of a chance to win as anybody else because I guarantee you when that Williamstown game rolls around in a couple weeks the rhetoric is going to change they're not going to come out with the uh, look at where we are and look at how fast we've grown underdog story of the century they're not going to come in with that they're going to come in with a yeah we're 6-0 and 7-0 and whatever the record would happen to be by then we belong here too and that's as it should be they should go into that game believing they have a chance to win but it can't be both it's got to be one or the other and Parkersburg Catholic is very quickly getting that breaking point that's something that they're going to have to think about and that's something they're going to have to address with those players here over the next couple of weeks Looking at our games of the week this week, that Catholic-Calhoun game certainly on the radar. Not because I think it's going to be close. Calhoun County has struggled this year. Catholic is not. But just because of the event that it's going to be. And I really wish I was going to be around to go to this game. Because if I was around this week, that's definitely something I would do on Saturday afternoon. I encourage you to do it. Maybe bring a lawn chair. But it's going to be a festive atmosphere. And how about Tyler Consolidated at Williamstown? The Silver Knights have won three straight. Williamstown has won five in a row. Looking good. Looking strong. And we'll see if uh, the Silver Knights can throw a wrench into their plans. Countdown to kickoff comes up at 6 o'clock on all three of our stations this week. The hour version runs on Light Rock 93R where St. Mary's hosts Ward County. On WXR it is that Tyler Williamstown game and on V96.9 Parkersburg South is back from a bye week as they host the Brook Bruins. Again, countdown to kickoff at 6 on all three of those stations. A 7.30 kickoff between St. Mary's and Ward and 7 p.m. kickoffs between Tyler Consolidated and Williamstown and South and Brook. This week's poll, speaking of the Parkersburg AAA teams, which Parkersburg Class AAA team has been the biggest surprise this year and why. Pretty simple. PHS or Parkersburg South. Click on that. You can find that on our Facebook page. So like to hear your answers to that. Click and vote and maybe even comment and let us know exactly what you think. But again, it's which Parkersburg Class AAA team has been the biggest surprise this year and why. This can be big as good. This can be big as bad. This can be something that you were expecting, that you were not expecting. It is a surprise. So by virtue, I guess it is something that you're not expecting. Vote on that. Let me know. And again, we'll have the best answers on next week's show. Don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes. You can also subscribe to us there and subscribe to us on SoundCloud where you can find the show as well. It debuts every Wednesday. Uh, you might be able to find it Tuesday every now and then just depends on when it's finished but again every week the high school football podcast has been back in the area we cannot thank you enough for all your support the follows the likes the feedback it's made this show a lot of fun to do that'll do it for us this week again my name is Eric Little I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Eric Little High School Football Podcast a lot of good games this week so enjoy all of those and we'll talk to you Friday on Countdown to Kickoff have a great week everybody this has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.